watching KCMI-TV. Well, thank you for joining me. And uh, our podcast today will be a little bit different. I think we're going to have more of a prophetic flavor to this one because uh, something that God has just been really speaking in my spirit. So um, got some things written down, but I think we're going to have some spontaneity today to uh, what God wants to say to us. And I believe this will really be an encouragement uh, to you. So I want to start off with, I think, one of the most um, informative scriptures about the hour that we live in and where we're going. And uh, this is out of the book of Matthew, and this is the parable of the tares and the wheat. And uh, I don't want to read the, the parable part. I want to read what Jesus gives as the explanation of this parable. And this is in Matthew chapter 13. We're going to start with verse 37. It says, He answered and said unto them, this is Jesus, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. I want you to remember that. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, and the terrors are the children of the wicked one. Notice that uh, the devil has children. God has children. The devil has children. They both have seed. The enemy that sowed them or sowed the tares is the devil. This explanation here is not ambiguous. It doesn't leave any question as to what God means. He's telling you exactly where we are going and what we're going to be dealing with. He says, the enemy that sowed them is a devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. Not the fallen ones, but the two-thirds that stood, stood with Jesus Christ. So as therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of the world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels. They shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend. Notice, this is the very first harvest. The angels come in and they reap a harvest of those who offend and those which do iniquity. Shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Verse 43. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. What Jesus is saying here is, he's declaring what I've just told you, the natural mind can't comprehend this. He said, you're going to have to have spirit ears to be able to hear what I'm saying. So uh, I want to talk to you about harvest. And um, this last harvest is going to be pure. Uh, I think uh, it wasn't too long ago we did a podcast and we talked about the tree in the garden, the knowledge of good and evil. And even though it bore good, it also bore evil. And the reason that, that God told them not to eat of that tree is because it had mixture. It had good and it had evil. God hates mixture. And that's why he told me, he said, stay away from it. He said, yes, there's some good in it, but there's also evil. So he said, it's like lukewarm. It's mixture. God wants something. Everything that God wants has to be pure. 
That's why the Lord says, come out from among them and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing. Uh, he says, abstain from the very appearance of evil. And so uh, this last harvest, it hasn't happened yet. But I'm telling you prophetically, the church is months away, hallelujah, from entering into this final harvest. And uh, this last harvest is going to require a tremendous outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Uh, the scripture talks about this. He said, in that day, he said, I am going to send you the latter and the former rain together. This harvest that's going to come in will require the Holy Spirit operating at optimum level. This is where you will see all the gifts of the Spirit in full operation. This will not only be in ministry, but this harvest is going to require all of the saints' participation in this final harvest. And so it's going to be the most incredible harvest that we've ever seen. This harvest is not just relegated to one geographical place in the earth. When you go back and you read this, and I told you to remember this, the Bible says the field is the world. This harvest, what God is doing before he destroys the earth in the battle of Armageddon, first thing he's going to do is he's going to send angels, and they're going to harvest out of the earth, out of the field, everything that's got iniquity, that offends, that's lukewarm, and man won't have anything to do with this. This is where God will send the angels of the Lord into the earth, and they will, through their power and authority delegated from Jesus, remove. So what the Lord's doing is, he is removing all the hindrances that will be in the earth that will try to stop the harvest. I believe that this is the next move that we're going to see in the earth is God is releasing the army of angels. And I've told you this, that God is releasing a death angel into the earth. And this death angel is going to begin to fulfill this prophecy in Matthew chapter 13 as the angel of the Lord begins to come into the earth. All of these men and women, all these political figures and all of this stuff out of Hollywood and all this stuff in media that has opposed righteousness and opposed the church, God in his infinite wisdom and power will use angels to begin to remove those hindrances. This harvest that God is bringing will bring in the ultimate amount of fruit. It, in the Old Testament, they had an early harvest and they had a latter harvest. The latter harvest <clears throat> was the culmination if everything that had been planted over the last several months, it wasn't the early harvest. And so <clears throat> it brought in much fruit. You remember in the scriptures how the Lord will talk to you and I as believers, and he's always encouraging us. He's always asking of us. He says, I need you to bear fruit. In fact, it says, those that bear fruit, the Lord purges them, or he pruneth them, that they would bear much fruit. Many of you wonder, Lord, why have I been in such adverse circumstances or why have I dealt with such difficulty in my life? It is because the Lord saw that you bore fruit 
and he wants you to reach the fullness of your potential, to re realize the impact of all that you can do so the Lord will prune you. And Paul said this, he said, now no chastening or pruning at the moment is joyous, but afterwards it yieldeth what? The peaceable fruit of righteousness. Many of you are getting ready to see the greatest harvest of fruit in your life exceeding far beyond what you've ever comprehended. I've tasted a little bit myself of this. And so uh, this is about fruit. And so um, I want to now deal a little bit with the church because when a woman is, is with child, and that baby's in the womb, we call it fruit, the fruit of the womb. The church right now is pregnant in the spirit with the fruit or this end time harvest. Uh, the church is not the harvest. What you're seeing right now in the church, what I'm seeing in Regeneration Nashville with, with the wonderful move of God we're having, that's not the harvest. That is the harvesters. The church is the deliverer. And so I want to I talk in terms of when the woman gives birth to the child, we say this, she's delivered a baby. So the church is the deliverer of the fruit of the harvest. In other words, God is using the church in the last days to bring forth the fruit of harvest, the entire harvest that the Lord is gleaning out of all of the earth. And so it doesn't matter how difficult it looks in China or Russia or Australia or India or Belize or Belgium or the continents, you know, North continent, South continent, it doesn't matter how difficult or how strong demonic influences are there, the Lord is gonna touch every continent and he's going to glean out of those fields. Remember, the, the world is the field. He's going to glean out of every nation the souls of men that are hungry for the Lord. So in the, in the spirit realm, there is great opposition right now against the church. Why? Because whenever God raised up a deliverer, the enemy did not want that child to be born. He wanted to kill it. Uh, and you can go back through the scriptures and see many instances, whether it's Moses, it's Jesus, it's John the Baptist, uh, the list goes on, that the enemy always wanted to kill the deliverer because um, when God is going to raise up a deliverer, it is because something needs to be delivered. And so the church right now is under great opposition. We're feeling uh, this tremendous resistance from the enemy trying to stop the church. So when you go back to the scriptures, when God was going to birth a deliverer, he would first send a messenger to the mother or to the father and begin to prophesy to them and tell them 
what was getting ready to come. Why? So they would have an understanding of what was getting ready to happen to them because what was getting ready to happen to them is miraculous. It should not happen. It should not take place. So you go all back to the Old Testament when God birthed Samson, what happens? The angel of the Lord appears to Manoah's wife and begins to describe to her prophetically what is getting ready to be in the womb of Manoah's wife. And eventually, you know, he came back to Manoah too and, and explained to them why. Because Samson was going to be a deliverer for Israel from the Philistines. Now you go to the New Testament. When God got ready to birth John the Baptist, who was a forerunner of Jesus Christ, Jesus could not come on the scene until John the Baptist came first because the Bible said he was preparing the way for the Messiah. When Elizabeth, who is, we think many, you read the scripture, she could have been 80 years old. We know that she was old. The Bible says she's barren. She's past being able physically to have a child. And so the Lord comes to this woman who's barren and begins to prophesy to her what was getting ready to take place and begins to explain to her and gives her direction on how she should raise this child. Last example, Jesus before he ever came in flesh, before he was ever in the womb of Mary, Mary, remember, is a virgin. She's not known a man. So up until that time, uh, it wasn't a miraculous birth in a sense like Jesus was. It was miraculous in the sense that it shouldn't have happened in the natural. But with Jesus, it has to be a virgin who's never known a man. This last move of God, this harvest that the Lord is doing, hallelujah, has never known flesh. Oh, think about this. We've seen so many moves over the last several decades, but it's been so mixed with flesh. And anything that has mixture in it cannot survive long-term. It falls away. It dies out. This is why every move that you've seen, even though it might have had some God part to it, it's like the tree of knowledge of good and evil. There's too much mixture. This harvest is not mixture. It does not know flesh. So when the angel comes to Mary and begins to declare prophetically, if she'd have just got pregnant, she wouldn't have known what was going on. So the angel comes and begins to prophesy to Mary and says, Mary, this is what's going to happen to you. This is what it's about. This is what this child is going to do. And Mary says, as your word says, so be it unto me. So when she becomes pregnant, then she has an understanding. Now, let's bring that into our present day. We know the church is pregnant with fruit. And that fruit is this end time harvest. We can feel it in our spirit. I'm going to talk about this in just a moment. But what has happened in the last two years is God, before this harvest has taken place, what did he do? He raised up the office of the prophet. And what have the prophets been declaring? 
It's thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord. There's a harvest coming. This is going to take place. What is God doing with the office of the prophet? He is giving us understanding of what's getting ready to happen to us. He is declaring to us there's something going to take place that should have never taken place by natural means, but it's a spirit conception. So that as we begin to enter into this, we begin to see God fulfill his word. We are not just so shocked and so taken back with surprise that it renders us inactive. But we're going to say as Joel, this is that which was spoken by the prophet. We're getting ready now to realize in actual time what the prophets have been declaring for the last couple of years. And in fact, I mean, there have been prophetic words. William Seymour in 1903, I believe, and Charles Parnham, both within just a few days of each other, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, over 100 years ago, both prophesied about this move that the church is beginning to enter into. So you say, well, Pastor, why are we feeling such anguish and why are we feeling such pressure? because you cannot birth something without first having travail. This is where we are prophetically. The church is in travail. And whenever a church, whenever travail happens, uh, I want to read this out of Micah. Uh, this is a small prophetic book. This is uh, chapter 4 and verse 10. It says, Be in pain and labor to bring forth, O daughter of Zion, like a woman in travail. For now thou shalt go forth out of the city, thou shalt dwell in the field. Remember, the field is the world. Thou shalt go even to Babylon, which is a spiritual type of Egypt and sin the system of man, there thou shalt be delivered. Hear me, we are going to be delivered from all of this mess that the wicked have tried to put on the church in the last two years. The vaccine and all of that. There the Lord shall redeem thee from the hand of the enemy. What is this redemption linked to? Travail. Um, I want to read, uh, this is another verse, and maybe this will help you. This is in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, and um, let's go, verse 20. Very verily I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament. We've done that. But the world shall rejoice and be sorrowful. Have we not walked in this right now? We've watched the wicked laugh, triumph, and we've watched the church lament and weep. And then he ends, he says, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, this is the church, when she is in travail, hath sorrow. We're in travail. No wonder we're struggling. This is, it's painful. 
She is in travail, she has sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. I'm, I'm prophesying to you this, that God is turning our sorrow into joy. And that as the world has had joy and the church has wept, God said, I'm going to reverse that. And I'm going to make the world weep. And he said, I'm going to let the church have joy. Now, I want to read one more passage of scripture. This is in Isaiah chapter 54 and um, verse 1. It says, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that did not travail with child. So what he's saying here, he says, there is a woman that watched everybody else birth things, gave him great joy. He said, but this woman was barren. And she didn't have joy. She couldn't sing because she had never given birth. She had never been in travail. Now, let's read the rest of this. More are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Boy, I like this. What he's saying is this. The barren that did not travail went for decades not, did not have the joy of children in the house. The church didn't grow. Many of you that have so labored and not seen any fruit, you're the barren ones. He said, get ready to sing. He said, because there is so many children coming in this harvest. He said, the married wife that for decades has been prosperous and had huge churches and all of that, he said, the woman that's been called desolate, she's gonna have more children. This harvest that's coming is gonna outshine anything man could do. And so in the hour that we're in, the enemy is trying to abort the womb, the fruit that's in the womb of the church. And I've told you this, that Things that are in the natural parallel what things are in the spirit. Now think about this. For 50 years, abortion has been legal in the earth. And just in the United States, 60 million children have been aborted. Every one of those children that have been aborted are in heaven right now in a glorified body waiting for their parents to come see them. So we're going to see those that have been aborted. They'll be alive in the millennial reign. But in the spirit realm, the enemy has used men, just in the natural, where it takes doctors to perform abortions, to get in the womb of the woman and remove the fruit. There have been ministers, so-called ministers in the church, that aborted the harvest by taking the presence of God out of their services, out of their churches. Told the Lord, don't come here. And they've tried to abort this move of the Lord. 
What happened in the last month or so? God reversed abortion, Roe versus Wade. And he said, no more. It's declaring what God has already declared in the spirit, no more spiritual abortion in the church. But this church, this move of God in these last days is going to give birth to many sons. I love this verse. It says that God, in fact, let me go back and just read this because you'll like this. This is in Hebrews, um, Hebrews chapter 2, should have had it marked. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 10. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things, speaking of Jesus, and bringing many sons unto glory. We are getting ready to see the greatest delivery that has ever been known to mankind since Adam and Eve, and that's the final harvest. I hope this has helped you. Uh, it stirred my spirit. I love you. I'll see you next week. God bless you. For more information about Kent Christmas Ministries International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.